Hey everyone, it's Gooey here, and I'm here with Andy. Hey um, guys. Uh, so we're here, this is going up on uh, a lot of our feeds, a lot of our pod- various podcast feeds. Um, uh, we're just trying to get a message out real quick in light of what's been going on um, in Gaza, the humanitarian crisis, this horrible situation that's been going on. Uh, we're just do a quick get a quick message out like like you was saying this is a uh, a super super complex issue we're not going to pretend that we're experts i'm no expert mm-hmm. um but i don't think you need to be an expert to just help others if you can and um, any donations are, are going to literally help families children um over in gaza that are uh, either without power or food or homes or all of the above and um you know, unfortunately, they, they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have anywhere else to turn. Um, and uh, it does not look like, as of right now, there's there's a lot of aid uh, coming. So um, anything that we, you know, that, that you feel comfortable uh, donating is, is very much appreciated. Or, or even just like spreading the word about where people can donate if they feel... Um, inclined to do so we want peace for the violence to end but i th- and i think and I, like i said not an expert on it but the one thing that i think is obviously true of this is the only way that there could ever be peace for the region is if the palestinian people can be free so i want to uh un- i just want to clearly support that i, Sincerely I think both wish. Of us support the the palestinians and their quest for uh, for freedom as is i mean that's one of the most basic rights that that everybody should have is to be free and uh right now they're trapped and you know not getting any aid and and uh lots of i mean new terrible horrific things are happening every single day it seems like um more lives lost so yes. yeah if, if we can help them out in any way that would be uh that would be great we're hoping that you might be able to uh to make a donation we're gonna attach mm-hmm. um some links where you can do that and and just to be crystal clear every bit of these donations goes directly to medical aid it doesn't go to anything else this money goes right to children and people that need help um so we're gonna uh we're gonna, we'll attach those links and we'll we'll pray for peace over there and um yeah you know we'll we'll pray that they uh that, that they get the freedom yeah thank you everyone thank you Welcome to the Omega Metroid podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Dakota Lasky, Duminal Crossing. How are you guys doing today? We got snow Whoa. here in Canada. Go for really? It. Yeah, man. How much? Um, well, this morning it, it kind of started like, you know, when it starts as rain and then slowly turns into snow. Yeah. So now we're, I bet you it's like an inch now. Maybe more. <sighs> 
I'm ready. Well, we don't have snow <laughs> down here in California. However, we do have rain, and anyone that lives in California knows that, that is uh, quite a rarity in and of itself. So I'm definitely, definitely been enjoying that. Hopefully, it continues on because uh, we could sure use some of it right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It has been. I don't know about y'all, but. If anyone, any listeners out there in the New York, New Jersey area, I'm sure you you know this. It's been raining like every Friday and Saturday for the past like five or six weeks now, like on schedule here in the in the Jersey area, New York City area, which has been just astounding because it's like on on the clock, like every Friday, every Saturday, huge, huge thunderstorm. It was flooding some of these weekends. So I'm pretty sure that happened this past weekend. Again, if it didn't, it definitely did the past few weeks. But um, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for the snow. As someone who lives in an apartment building and doesn't have to shovel any of it, I am looking forward to uh, to that weather. But of course, I love fall, and we're in mm-hmm. peak autumn right now, and I'm enjoying and we it. Have, I was just gonna say, and we have a couple of good games to uh, you know to celebrate the fall season with. We had a uh, Spider-Man Two and mm-hmm. the Super Mario Brothers Wonder game both releasing back to back on yeah. October twentieth. I really want to play Spider-Man Two, but I do not have a PS Five, so I'm waiting for that sweet sweet PC release. But I have been playing Mario Wonder, and it is fantastic. Don't quite think, don't quite think it's the best two D Mario ever. I still think that goes to Super Mario World, but it's definitely. It's definitely the best game since Mario World, I will say that. Um, Yeah, so I'm only like a world or so into Mario Wonder. I think it's really fun. It hasn't blown me away yet, though. But uh, like I said, I'm I'm pretty early in. I think that the wonder effects are like a fun Is it wonderful? Um, It's... It's... uh, It's good. It's good. (laughs) I was trying to think of like, at the end of the level, you you either hit the top of the, the check mark or whatever, or like the little... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Doom the uh, the pole, the flagpole. Yeah. Um, so if you get it in like the upper area, it's like super. So you know it, it's really good so far. But uh, it's it's also kind of weird that they haven't been able to make a better game than the game that they released like 30 years ago. Also, which I I feel like is kind of kind of weird. But nevertheless, uh, I mean uh, that goes that goes for a lot of franchises. I feel like yeah, these days. yeah you know what. Super Metroid is yours and a lot of people's yeah. favorite Metroid games of all time, but I don't think that diminishes the quality of like you know the other games that we've gotten since then. I mean, from my perspective, they just re-released the best one in the series like a year ago, so that was that was great. So Metroid's Metroid's doing great in that respect. Yeah, you know, um, as I was saying that too, I was like, yeah, well, you know what? I, I I love Metroid Prime and Super Metroid, so like, yeah. maybe that's you know, yeah. yeah. Speaking of new games, by the way, I finally, as I mentioned, the Discord picked up Sea of Stars. Yes. Um, which I I mentioned on the show that I really enjoyed the demo a few weeks ago, and I was like, you know what, like, because I've been working on a few games. I'm still wor- working on Baldur's Gate three. It's been it's been a great year for games, by the way. Baldur's Gate three, fantastic. I'm still working on Starfield, working on Armored Core. Um, I just started playing Overcooked two again, which was fun. Um, obviously playing Destiny and Halo Infinite's in a great spot, better than it's been, which is pretty pretty cool. But Sea of Stars came out, and I was like, you know what. I'm going to drop it down. I'm going to pick it up. And I actually just played the first hour or so of it before the show. I got to the the Forbidden Cave mm. after like the whole tutorial area and beat that boss, which is like a very clear nod to Chrono Trigger, I feel like. Yeah. Especially the music and then you there's, play the boss. There's a lot uh, of nods to Chrono Trigger. Oh, that yeah, that's like a straight up homage right there. Like that's just a straight up reference almost, I feel like, which was great. But yeah, it's very Chrono um, Trigger-esque, which I love. And kind of has that like secret of mana feel to it too. 
Um, I love loving the game so far. It's only an hour and it's, it's, it's fun. It's a cool game. It yeah. looks really cool. The music's great. Um, really like that first section. And I also picked up this game Cavern of Dreams, which is like a like an N64 style, like retro collectathon platformer type game. Hmm. So, I, I mean, Donkey Kong 64 is one of my favorite games of all time. And I saw it. It just recently came out. I was like, I'm going to pick it up. It's like one of those games kind of like uh, Super Kiwi, like MacBat 64 or like Tori, if you ever played any of those games. Mm-hmm. So all those fun kind of like retro collectathon style games. So I'm going to try those out. And yeah, it's it's been a great, great time for some some new releases. I haven't played the new Super Mario game but uh, or Spider-Man, but I'll try those out eventually. I will say what I love about Mario Wonder is weirdly enough, it's multiplayer aspects. I think this is like mm-hmm. one of... I think this is like one of the most creative Nintendo multiplayer experiences in quite some time. It's very it's very community driven and a lot of these levels like they play so well, you know, with the way like you interact with like, you know, the other players and whatnot and like how, you know, players can like like you can you can have fun with each other or like, you know, players can like, you know, drop standees to help revive you or they can like try to motion you over to like a secret hidden area or something like that. And there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of really fun, like spur of the moment stuff like that, that you, that feels very un-Nintendo like, but it also, it feels like right at home for this game. I'll and I think what, that's dude. like where a lot of that. Let's yeah? play some levels. Let's play some levels. We week. should, we should, we should fun. for real. I, I don't know how well uh, we work together, playing, but I'm going to have to get <laughs> it then. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it, you know, it is really fun. I, and I think I, I'm looking forward to Spider-Man two as well. I really like the first Spider-Man, but uh, I was kind of thinking, I was reflecting. I, was, I promise we're going to talk about Metroid eventually on this Metroid podcast, but like, <laughs> uh, I was kind of reflecting because I, I used to be such a huge Spider-Man fan, and I and I liked the first Spider-Man game, um, but I, I don't know, as I kind of got older, I was just, like, I, I gravitated more towards, like, Batman and Green Lantern, and I have always loved X-Men, so, like, I don't know, Spider-Man is, it, it, it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't like it wasn't until I saw like Into the Spider Verse where I was just like, okay, like I think I'm back in a Spider Man. So um, I haven't played the the Miles Morales game yet either, which I I would like to. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about the new Spider Man game. Although I think Craven is like the main bad guy, right? Do, do I, I don't have that correct. He might be he might be spoilers. one of the main bad guys. I know I know he's well. It's not really spoilers. It's in the marketing. Craven's yeah, I think in, it's there, in the Venom's yeah. in there, obviously. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I never think was a big they fan might be of like Craven. two main ones. Like uh, something who's about Craven? Him. Who's oh, Craven? I love, I love Craven, Craven the Hunter. He's a uh, who's Craven? He's like Hold that on. the bad guy from. Uh, actually, that's a that's a bad reference. I was gonna say he's like the bad guy from it's, Jumanji, but he, he's like a, he's, he's like a inspired, hunter. He's inspired by the most dangerous game, like you know the hunter that like hunts human. That's that's literally like Craven, and he's trying to hunt. Oh, he's just, just some guy. Yeah, he, he's just <laughs> yeah, he's kind of okay, but like some um, bounty hunter guy. There are so many cool. There's so many cool Spider-Man villains. And to, to be fair, the they movie... burned a lot of them in the first game. But <laughs> I was gonna say, I love Craven. That new movie looks terrible, though. That uh, yeah, it that, does. That it's, yeah. this is a Lobos, <laughs> yeah. right? Who? No, no, no. It's Craven. Is that someone? Is that a character? Wasn't that a character? Lobos. I don't even know. Who I that think is. that's a DC character. Are you thinking of Lobo? Like Lobo is a DC character. Yeah, Lobo. I don't yeah, know yeah. Lobo. He's yeah. a DC character. He's kind of like. God, he's closer to Deadpool than he is to Craven, to be honest. But um, nevertheless, okay. let's let's uh, let's move Shows on here. What I know. Yeah. Um, all right. So we are bringing back a proud segment in this podcast uh, called Samus's Percentages, and we all know how this works. You guys, uh, the audience, know how this works. We're going to read a statement, and we are going to assign it a percentage. 
Um, 100% being that that statement is completely true. 0% being that the statement has no earthly chance of ever coming to fruition, ever. Um, and somewhere in between is probably where we're going to add up, or end up, rather. So um, we're going to go ahead, we're going to read these statements, we're going to give our Samus' percentages to uh, to the following, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit of this, a little bit of that, for the Metroid series for the next hour or so. So um, without further ado, guys, let's... Let's rock and roll. I've also sprinkled a little bit of uh, of Switch Two ones in here, and I have I have one that I'm I'm quite excited about, even though I know what the the answer is going to be. So uh, so yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Well, who wants to get us? Uh, who wants to get us started? You got it. Let's hear one of yours. You yeah, have yeah. You just hyped us okay. up. Let, okay. Let's see what you got. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lead us off with a twofer here. So these are. These are two separate ones, and they're but they're linked together. They, there's the same premise. So already overcomplicating it. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll do them one at a time. How about this? All right. Okay. All dig all. Ni- let me let me restart. <laughs> <laughs> all oh digital remasters for Nintendo consoles going forward, uh, like a Metro Prime remastered, will cost the lower price of forty nine ninety nine. Or whatever price that would end up being on the Switch 2 comparable going forward. So essentially, if it is a a remaster, any series, any any whatever, a remaster from Nintendo like uh, like Metroid Prime Remastered, it's going to cost less than a new retail price game. Um. Oh, okay. You're just gonna give us the first half. I'm gonna say okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a forty on that because okay. I feel I feel like Metroid Prime Remastered was almost somewhat of a special case case scenario, or not necessarily a special case scenario, but more so because it's more of a niche series. We've seen that with that. We've seen that with Pikmin, um, and then we've seen that with Mario All Stars. But also those latter two examples are like almost straight ports, but with just some basic upscaling and minor. Yeah, I don't think of either of those examples I think more, quite fit. But at the same, but at the same time, we saw like you know Skyward Sword HD, for example, which was sixty. I think I think the key thing that will that will determine this is Luigi's Mansion Two HD because I feel like that's more in line of like Skyward Sword HD in terms of like the level of work that's being done there. And so I think right. that price point will kind of determine like you know kind of the trend that they go in the Switch Two future. And I'm still thinking Luigi's Mansion 2, I could absolutely see them charging 64 because, I mean, Luigi's Mansion 3 sold gangbusters. Luigi, you know, even aside from the Super Mario series, you know, even his solo series is like well above, you know, what a Metroid or a Pikmin is. And so I feel like they could absolutely get away with doing it and they will and we will buy it, myself included. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually I'm going to go even lower than you, I think. I I think I'm going to go. Uh, let's go 27%. I think Metroid Prime Remastered was the exception rather than the rule for a lot of the same reasons that you detailed. Um, and I don't know, like, I, I don't know how many other games kind of fit that mold either. Like, even Luigi's Mansion 2, I don't know quite fits that because I, I don't know how much, like, extensive work that they did on that. Like, obviously they did some work to, to make it uh, appear on uh, on Switch and, and have it look good on Switch, but I, I just I don't know if it's the same effort or work. I mean, I have no idea, but the, it doesn't seem like the same effort or work that went into Metroid Prime Remastered, to, at least to to my layman eyes. So um, yeah, it, it's kind of it's tough because like you you would see comparable remasters 
you know what? Even now I was going to say it, I was going to shout out the Resident Evil remakes, but like those, those are new engines too. So it, it feels like Metroid Prime Remastered really is kind of an exception almost unto itself. So I'm, I'm going to go 27%. I mean, I, I think it's 0%. I think it's going to entirely be based on, be based on the IP. Like, Really, ultimately, like Metroid Prime Remastered is not Mario or Zelda or Animal Crossing, so they're not going to charge full price for a remaster, no matter how good it is. Whereas Super Mario RPG is essentially a remaster. It's not a remake. It's not a whole new game. It's a remaster of an old game, but it's a Mario game, so they're going to charge $60 for it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what it comes down to. So like, I don't think it's going to be like based on whether or not they put a certain level of qual or like quality into the game or like effort or resources is going to come down to is it a mario zelda animal crossing or splatoon or pokemon game that's going to be 60 dollars. is it anything else it's most likely going to be like 40 or 50 dollars because they don't think they're going to be able to sell as many full price games because it's not as much of a popular ip so they're going to charge less for it because they, they think they're going to get more people which is probably true mm-hmm. um so i think that's really what it what it's what it's going to be based on so if the statement is all, I, what the question was like? Will all oh. remasters only be full? No, I think anything that's a big, more popular IP will be full price, and anything that's a less popular will be not as full price, and that's going to go for all of those remasters and remakes. So yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any chance that they're going to make. Um, I don't think there's any chance they're going to make Mario remasters to the level of a Super Mario RPG, for example, a forty dollars game. They're going to charge sixty dollars, right. which is what they're doing. Uh, okay. I also wanted to continue off that because it also it just occurred to me, you know, the um, the Mario versus Donkey Kong remake, that's $50, which personally I still think is a little overpriced, but it's yeah, not true. $60. And so we're already seeing that's, some variance there. That's true. that's true. I mean, to me, I guess that's fair, because I guess when I was thinking, I'm like, when I think of a full price game, I think like 50 to $70, mm-hmm. like because full price games used to be $50, but I guess portable games were always, were like $30, $35. I don't know. I guess that's fair. It's so weird hearing like you guys talk about this in like American prices. Cause like the, those, you know, <laughs> just, those are not my prices. Yeah. Um, so then maybe I guess I'm wrong there. Like they, that they wouldn't necessarily do a non full price Mario remake. Cause you're right. The Mario versus DK game. Is, so mm-hmm. uh, that's a great point. Doom. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a much smaller, like, you know, yeah. IP Mario versus DK than like, so then maybe Super that, Mario RPG. So then maybe like, I guess like if like Super Mario RPG is, it's a smaller IP, but it's, um, it's a Mario. I don't know. Like, well, the, yeah, the question is like, they're like, what is like, cause Mario RPG, like they're, did they build a new engine for it? I, I mean, I well, assume I'm, they did. Well, right? it looks like they, well, it looks like they rebuilt the game from the ground up. I mean, right. I, I mean, to, to me, fair, how to me, it looks like a new re- engine. Do they need for Mario versus donkey? Yeah, I mean, yeah. exactly. It could be the same engine for all we know. <laughs> um, well, okay. Before we get lost in the weeds here, well, I, I, this is a great answer. And I, and I want to, I don't want to move out this topic yet, but I, I want to have, have my follow-up percentages here right. and, and we'll go in reverse order. So, so Dak, me, doom. Um, so let's go. Uh, Metroid Prime 4, as with Tears of the Kingdom, costs $89 or $79 for you guys, or whatever the Switch 2 equivalent is on, on, like, just a marginally more, basically, is what I'm saying, than the regular uh, price. It'll be whatever the max full price title is. Right, so so whatever, like, the same idea as Tears of the Kingdom. It was $10 more than all the other games. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, going off the first one, yeah, I, I like I said, I still don't think that all rem- remasters are going to be lower priced. Like some of them might be, but I think there will be higher priced ones like Super Mario RPG. Um, but on this state, yeah, this one, this statement, yeah, I'm 100%. Mm-hmm. 
Metro Prime Four is going to be a full priced. Okay. Okay. Um, the the highest echelon, I think, of of price that they're going to charge. I think I'm going to put that a hundred percent. Yeah. It's going to be a triple, a quadruple A title. I think it's going to be like one of those like killer app, like you're buying the Switch Two to experience Prime Four. One of those deals. So I think they're going to charge full, full, full price for that bad boy. I've and Andy gives me crap for doing here. zeros and hundreds. Yeah, I, I hate zeros and hundreds. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, um, I mean, I don't think I've ever given a zero or a hundred, but you gave you gave pretty like definitive. I don't know. Those felt very like easy zero hundreds to me. Like, okay. yeah, go ahead. I've got I've got like an on the fence answer here, which I know is kind of lame, but I, I'm going to go 53 um, percent and the only reason it's not lower, I, I don't think that Metroid Prime 4 would have regularly cost more than your average game. But I, I I do wonder if Nintendo potentially sells it at just a little bit of a higher cost to try and recoup some of those developmental costs. I do wonder about that. Um, and I do wonder, it kind of depends too on, on if this game comes up for the Switch or not. Like if it's really, really, really rocking and taking advantage of some of the switch 2's rumored features i wonder if that makes it a little bit more but then i would also wonder if like just basically all switch 2 games are going to be that that price so a kind of a wishy-washy answer 53 percent i don't know i was i thought that was an interesting question though uh, i'm going to go 99.9999999 percent chance see i think that's more that- of a comment than 100 percent because you're pretty much saying 100 percent without saying it i at least had the balls to put my foot down and say that 100%. metroid prime 4 will be one dollar not a hundred percent it's gonna be 70 dollars <laughs> so so you think no. like your your average switch 2 game costs let's just say 80 dollars you think that metroid prime 4 is gonna release for 90 dollars when every other switch game costs 80 dollars so, so i just want to be clear that we're all talking about the same thing no 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 no, no. i think metroid prime 4 is going to be like a premium switch Two title so however so like 70 us 90 right. canadian it's going to cost like is. 10 bucks more than all the rest of the games basically is the yes yeah. that is that is what i think okay but and i think, I think it'll be the only one that'll cost that extra premium though i think because yeah well yeah say? i think yeah okay i think i think all the switch two games or at least you know all of like the big hitters are going yeah. to have that premium price point that we see nowadays okay. yeah. and i think metroid prime 4 is going to be a part of it that's what i'm saying yeah and okay. i think the reason why um I actually don't think uh, recouping costs is going to be a big part of it. I think I I think no matter what happens, Prime Four is going to lose money. But that Prime Four is part of a march of a much larger investment for the Metroid series as a whole to recoup the cost of that game. That's I, I'm basing that off absolutely no data or evidence. That's just kind of an idea that I have. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the big part of that seventy dollars price point is because I think we're all in agreement that you know Metroid Prime Four is not getting. Re- until we see the switch 2 and to me that tells me that they want to market prime 4 as a switch 2 title primarily of course no pun intended and as a result they want that title to feel like a must-have entry even even if to the general consumer it's not the must-have entry it might be the 3d mario more than likely or a mario kart but they want to market this on that same level like no this is a big game this is a system seller this is something that's going to show off the Switch 2 and, you know, the power of this new console. This is a must-have entry. And if you lower that price to $60, it almost, to the consumer, is going to deflate that value to them. Like, this is not as big of a deal. Like, it's a smaller game. And no, you want to put your front foot forward. Like, no, this is worth $70. This is a big deal, and you need to buy it. I can I can see that, too. I, I, I just, on the other side, I wonder if... 
you know, Zelda was the first and so far only game that we've seen do that, um, at least for the Switch's life cycle. Everything else has been in Canada, $79.99 in America, $60. Bucks. Um, obviously, Metroid does not have the same kind of name value or uh, or sway, let's just call it, as as Zelda. So the, I, could, I could also see that dissuading from, from making that decision, especially comparatively speaking. Like, Metroid Prime 4 is obviously going to be a much smaller game than than like an open world Zelda game or an open world any game, no matter how big uh, Metroid Prime Four is, and maybe unless it's an open world game, who knows? But uh, th- those are those are kind of my counterpoints. Well, I'm way lower. I mean, than you just guys. made a well, you, well, you just made a Twitter post, one that I agreed with actually about you know the whole sixty dollar dread. Let's not bring that up. I, uh, Mario that turned Wonder. negative really fast, <laughs> and I did, that wasn't my intention. That uh, um, yeah, all right. I, I will say I agree with Doom though is that the best way for them to make it feel like a big deal is to price it at that premium seventy dollars price that point. As well. And the yeah. second that you don't do it, you immediately put it at a level below any other game that is at that price point. So yeah. even people who don't know what Metroid is, if you look at like let's say for example Metroid Prime Four is out right now and it, and it costs seventy dollars like Tears of the Kingdom. Somewhere to look that up and find that the only two games are that premium price and they see whatever Metroid Prime 4 is, which they have no idea what it is. And then they see a game they do recognize, Tears of the Kingdom. They're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. if that's $70 and that was Zelda, and that was great. And this is $70 and they're putting like, this must be great, too. I should check it out. So it, like that's it's value that, perception. Like it's yeah, uh, like I wouldn't even say that's almost going to happen. I'd say that would that would definitely happen. So I w- I'm imagining that whatever the premium price is for those major releases, Prime Four is going to have that. And if it's if it's seventy dollars, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. It's seventy dollars, and I'm going to end up buying it. So <laughs> I'm going to buy it a few times. <laughs> they're gonna, I'm sure they're going to they're, they're going <laughs> to get my money. So they, why not charge me extra ten dollars? They got me. <laughs> Okay, that's that's perfect. All right, who has a percentage that want to uh, that wants? To I got next? one. All right, I got one. I got a fun one. Um, here we go. I'm just. Gonna, I, w- I was thinking about going out of order, but I'm just going to do it in the order that I wrote them in. Because screw it. Um, here we go. We will get another Metroid spinoff game. So not a main 2D game or a Prime game or a remake or remaster of any of those games within the next five years. What do you think? Um, Can you repeat the question again? The question is, will we get another Metroid spinoff game within the next five years? So not a not a main 2D game, not a prime game and not a remake or remaster of a main prime or 2D game. Obviously, five years, five years. I'm going to go 90 percent. I think we will. Um, Okay. whether like I and I feel comfortable and confident in that because like. Metroid, I think, is is on a little bit of the upswing. Dread did really well. We're assuming Prime Four is going to do really well. There's, I, I think, it's not unfathomable five years from now. Like Prime Five is like, you know, if it, if Prime Four does as well as we think, and that they've they're kind of building a new trilogy or whatever, Prime Five could be out. Um, and I think like with the with the amount of like good talented indie developers out there right now, like uh, I I think that you could easily go to somebody and say like hey like you know let's let's try let's try this federation force thing again but but good or like hey let's do metroid 99 or let's do you know like something a little bit different so i I think that there's there's so many game devs and and nintendo has has certainly in in more recent years kind of opened up the the vault so to speak to to let other people kind of come in and, and make those titles um Including with Metroid, and with but with like the main games as well. So I'm high on this. I'm, I'm gonna go ninety percent. Okay. Uh, uh, 
75 on mine for a lot of the same reasons, but I was actually thinking specifically about... Because I feel like the biggest problem... You know, obviously Metroid's a niche series, so, you know, it's, you know, spinoffs are kind of a harder domain to go into. But also, it's just, you know, the available developers that are on that are on staff at Nintendo. You know, a lot of them, you know, have more important projects to get to or they're just, you know, not really interested in doing a Metroid game. And so, you know, these creators have to, like, specifically go out of their way to find teams like, you know, Sakamoto did with Mercury Steam, for example. I think that's starting to change now. One thing that, you know, stuck out to me during the last Direct was the comeback of... Uh, NST, Nintendo Software Technologies, who did uh, Metroid Prime Hunters. And I don't necessarily think that they would do, like, another Metroid game specifically, but, like, uh, they developed F-Zero 99, which most people seem to really like. Um, they're doing the uh, the Mario vs. Donkey Kong re- remake remaster, um, which, I mean, as overpriced as it is, you know, it looks really fun. It looks very faithful to that original game that I adore, so that looks pretty good. And, you know, this is a team that hasn't really done a lot of stuff, like, since the very end of the Wii U era, you know, other than, like, some minor support stuff. And so I think with the opening of them, potentially some, you know, other internal studios that we really haven't seen with Nintendo, that frees up more spots for Metroid, and you combine that with potentially Prime 4 really putting this series on a whole new pedestal, yeah, I I think we might see some spinoffs in the future. Okay. I was not expecting as positive responses from the both of you as I got, but I agree. I'm, I'm also, I also said a 75 Pretty much for the same reasons. I don't I actually don't think we would get it from an in-house studio, though. I think it I would be either. like like a cadence of Hyrule kind of situation where we yeah. get it for licensed out to a studio who has a cool idea that comes to Nintendo. Or like, yeah, ship it, and that's what we get. Like, I definitely think in the next five years we'll see either like I, we're going to get Prime Four, and yeah, I think we might even at that point be at Prime Five or Metroid Six, and there might be a game that comes out in the gap between that or right after the two game main games from now. I could definitely see that a smaller game. I think at this point, like there are so many. I think like the game industry has grown. There are so many different kinds of st- studios at so many different kinds of levels who have different kinds of ideas and creative visions that can apply an IP to a different genre and still kind of maintain the core essence of it that I wouldn't be worried if someone comes to me like, Hey, we want to do a Metroid rhythm action game or an RPG or a Metroid 99 somehow, or something like that. Like I'm, I'm open to it. And even if it doesn't kind of retain the core essence of Metroid, like, okay, then we get a new kind of Metroid game. And that's like one of the beauties of, of Metroid is the fact that the main series itself has two different styles. Like who knows like how Metroid could evolve. So yeah, I, I think it could happen, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, an out-of-house kind of deal, though, and, and that'd be cool. Give me the Metroid yeah, welding game great. right now. <laughs> yeah, oh I, want, I want Metroid, the Metroid Sims. So what I want, a Metroid I want be, bowling game. How I want to be able to breed that? my own Metroids. When am I getting to breed my own Metroids? That would like actually be like that, like that Jurassic <laughs> Park game that they had where you could like build the park. That would actually be sweet. That would be dope. That's the and then you just the let table. the Metroids loose on all the attendees. Like, oh, that would be sick. <laughs> okay, gang, Samus is here. Lower the cages. All right, Doom, what do you got? Metroid Prime Four is going to feature the return of the command visor from Metroid Prime Three and far more expanded. Um, I'll have to repeat I, the I, question for Z- Dak when he gets back. Okay, I, I'm gonna I go it. for this it. one. I heard it. Um, I oh, he's got the wireless headset. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> the, the R man is is uh, living in the future over there. Um, you don't I'm have wireless go... headsets. 
Well, I you mean, should get a you should get a wireless headset. It really is game changing. There's it's very. I'm sorry to cut. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's it, it frees you up. It really does. You know what's weird is like every time I try and connect my uh, my um, Bluetooth headphones to my computer, I just get static. I don't, I don't know why. See, these have like a a, a dongle or whatever that you plug into the computer, and then it there you re- go. The, it's a receiver, and so you don't have to like the old WaveBird. Yeah, it's essentially a WaveBird. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I have a wired headset that still requires a battery to charge the um, the uh, amplifiers inside. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I plug this in it, but anyway, go ahead. All right. The, so <laughs> the question, question, the statement was: the command visor will return and be much expanded. Correct. Yes. In um, Prime Four, I'm going to go eleven percent, eleven percent. But that's not to say that I don't think that like. You're going to be able to control your ship and that you're not, you know, I just I have a hard time seeing them bringing the literal command visor back. The only way I could see the command visor coming back is if and I hope they do this, but they they break the four, the rule of four. Like every game, you only had four visors, you only had four beams. I think they can and they should break that rule. And if if you can have like like, let's say eight visors, then, yeah, I think the command visor is going to come back. But um, I, I, since I don't know that I'm just going to base it off what I do know in that, you know, typically we've had four visors and if there's only four, we know for sure that the scan visor and that the combat visor are coming back. I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see them taking one of those slots for a visor that we've already had. Like, I feel like it has to be something new, something unique, something fresh, but I do think that you're going to be able to control your ship in, in Prime 4. I hope so, anyways. I, I really love that aspect of it. So, um, but yeah, I'm low. I'm low. 11%. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Prime 3 does bring back the X-Ray visor as it was in the original Prime game and doesn't add anything new in that regard. The Command visor is the only new visor in that game. You're right. I, I just, I guess I just feel like... You, ha- you, I feel like you kind of have to factor in like the amount of time in between two. Like, I guess... This is probably just me speaking uh, personally, but like that one felt like kind of okay to me because we got Prime 3 in kind of a quick succession. Whereas with Prime 4, it's been so long that it's just kind of like, okay, like Mm -hmm. I really want new, fresh kind of ideas and and stuff. So, yeah, you're not wrong though. Like, Uh, yeah, see, this is like a trick question because I'm with you. Like, I think we are going to get the expanded ship functionality. I just don't think it's going to be tied to a visor. I think yes. Sam is going to be able to do it. Like she's not going to need to pull up a visor. I mean, it's either that, or it is going to be a situation where we're going to be able to have, as I hope, and as you hope, and as you mentioned, multiple visors beyond four, multiple weapons and beams beyond four. And in which case, if that's the case and you can have 10 visors, then yeah, make the command visor a visor. So I guess it really comes down to how they apply it. I think, if the fundamental statement is, are they going to incorporate the functionality of the command visor and expand upon it? That's that I think that I think is, which I know is not the question, but I think that was like the underlying accept it. Yeah. Aspect of the question. Yeah. If that's really what it is, then like I would say it's like a 90%. I think we're going to get the expanded functionality of the command visor and have that incorporated in the game because it's still, even with what we got in prime three still is a lot more you could really do with that. Mm-hmm. If if we're talking the com- command visor literally, I'm gonna say fifty percent. It really again comes down to 
how many if it's going to be like a thing where they just slap it into the game and Samus can pull up something on her arm and doesn't need a visor or if it's going to be a lens she can swap through or something she can do in her combat visor mode uh, that I'm not sure about. And I agree that if they're going to incorporate visors, they, they got to bring something new and fresh. But I don't think that means they're going to drop the gunship functionality. So 50% on the command visor itself, but like 90% at least on yeah. combat visor functionality coming back and being expanded upon. I could just see you picking up an item and it's like a, a doohickey, like a like a glitch from Reboot. And it's just like on your wrist just and like, little... there's your ship, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like this guy, by the way, zero percent, fifty percent, a hundred percent. Well, you're like forty-seven percent. Like, what's the difference? Fifty <laughs> percent. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm kind to? of, I'm, I'm kind of in this. I was gonna say I was kind of in the same camp as all you guys, where like I'm not sure if like it would be the via the command visor itself, but yeah, like I feel like I feel like when people talk about the things they love from Prime Three, the command visor and specifically that shift functionality is one of the most universally like praised aspects of that, and either. People are satisfied, or man, I wish this went even further because this is such a cool concept. And I feel like, I mean, on one hand, it's really hard to say because we literally know nothing about how this game is going to play like. But I, mean, I also feel like that's kind of the fun about the speculation aspect of it. And I want to believe that, like, you know, you know, the people developing Prime Three, specifically the people that are drawing up these game plans, are big fans of these trilogies. And I have to imagine that they would want uh, to expand on this on this too because of how universally beloved it is. So yeah, I'm gonna go. Specifically, I'm going to ignore the command visor question and just go on, you know, the ship control. I'm going to go 70% on that. Well, I mean, if we're just Not talking like high, if the still... ship is coming back, I'm I'm really high on that. Like Well, the sh- obviously the ship is coming back. Like, well, like, I, don't like know, bare minimum I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the ship's coming back. You never know. Bare minimum, just... it's going to be a save station, but I I'm confident that we're, that we're going to get a lot more out of it. Um, okay, I got a spicy meatball for you guys. Let's go. An Illumination Metroid movie would gross more than $750 million at the box office. Domestically or internationally? Like like the whole thing. The whole thing. Worldwide. 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 So one more time. An Illumination Metroid movie would gross more than $750 million at the box office worldwide. 1%. 750? Really? 1%. One percent. Explain yourself. So I hold up. I have to look up because I know I know Mario I, yeah, broke I'm a already, billion. I'm already looking at it. So like, I, yeah, I would put it at like five or ten percent, maybe closer to one. I mean, so you, you said seven hundred and fifty million dollars. Correct. The Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse movie didn't even do that. Six hundred and ninety million dollars. The Little Mermaid five hundred sixty-nine million dollars. So like. I would argue more people know what Spider-Man or the Little Mermaid is, and those couldn't even... The Fast and the Furious movie couldn't beat that. There have only been four movies that have been released Mission Impossible... Or actually, no, that didn't break $750 million. It didn't. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mission Impossible sold under that. Yeah, that was like, what, 500 or something? It was 567 million. So, like, four movies this year have broken... The 750 million mark. The Barbie movie, the Super Mario Brothers movie, Oppenheimer, and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Then after that, every other movie. Every other movie, Fast 10, Spider-Man, Little Mermaid, Mission Impossible, Elemental, Ant-Man, John Wick, Transformers. None of these, Indiana Jones, none of these beat them. And all these IPs are way, 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 way more popular than Metroid. So if they couldn't do it, I mean, it would have to be 
It would have to be a miracle, uh, <laughs> I think. It would have to be one of the best movies of all time, I think. So I'm going to also go with it's going to be like 1% to 5%. Yeah, a Metroid movie in general I don't think would do that. And then on top of that, an Illumination Metroid movie just is not the right fit at all for that, too. So I think I Illumination think... could actually make a cool Metroid movie, but I don't I, do I, I, I don't think any Metroid movie, I don't think regardless who makes it, yeah. is not going to make $750 million worldwide. It could make some $100 million worldwide. Maybe a James Cameron Metroid movie, but that's, I mean, yeah. that's I, not Okay, happening. I agree. A James Cameron live-action <laughs> Metroid movie... Even that, I still don't think. Yeah, <laughs> it would. Ha- I mean, it would literally have to be in the top. I'm just five saying that's. I'm just year. saying that's the best shot of Metroid. I agree. Breaking, yeah, I agree. I don't think any Metroid IP movie does that though. I mean, that's a lot of. That's a lot of money. It's not only two movies. Only four movies have have done that this year. Um. Uh, yeah, you're not wrong. So I, I, I'm lower on this too. But I, I don't think I'm <laughs> as low as you guys. Like I, I was going. I'm shocked. Well, like I was gonna go. I don't know. I was bandying around maybe 30%. Um, 30%. 30%. Yeah. You know what? I respect it. I respect yeah. it. Well, like, and I just, I think that there's just an appeal about these, these illumination movies that, that have like a, now the question really is, cause like, I think that the appeal of the illumination movies is like, they're for families or for kids. The, the question is like, can you get Metroid to be appealing to, to those audiences? And I think if they cracked a way to do that, they could make a movie where it's like, you know, uh, like a really successful movie. And I, and I'm, let me tell you kind of what I'm basing my thought process on here again is like I, I completely agree. Metroid is, is nowhere near the level of some of the movies that you've mentioned. But if we like like you also look at Marvel. Right. And one of the movies that you mentioned was Guardians of the Galaxy. And, and I think if you would have asked people at the start of like the MCU you know, could a Guardians of the Galaxy movie ever gross a billion dollars at the box office? No one would have said yes, because nobody knows who the hell they are. But once you've kind of got that that formula going, and I think Nintendo's going to kind of replicate the same thing. They're going to have, like, the Mario movies, and then branch out to Donkey Kong, and then branch out to Zelda. So it's almost going to be like, oh, the new Nintendo movie is coming out, rather than, like, oh, the Metroid movie is coming out. Do, do you know what I mean? Kind of. I also think those are two completely different scenarios because I feel like obviously nowadays the state of the MCU is very different. But like back in the day, like Marvel was like associated with like high quality, you know, interconnected films. And so even though no one knew who the hell the Guardians were, you know, people saw the trailer. They thought, wow, this looks interesting. I still want to go out and see this. And then Mm -hmm. that word of mouth happened and more and more people went out to see that. And then now like James Gunn is like a household name now. because And that that movie almost made $775 million in the box office so yeah i mean yeah the guardians of the galaxy it's not like like if the metroid movie were come out now it wouldn't be it would only have be building on the mario movie yeah the guardians of the galaxy movie by the time it came out it was 2014 like i'm pretty sure the, well I, but i'm and i'm not saying Avengers that the metroid movie movie's coming out. out like tomorrow i'm, I'm saying no. like at any point like maybe maybe yeah. i should have uh kind of preface this with like, even at any point yeah i mean it would still I don't know, like, would it be seen as, like, the new Nintendo movie? I, I think because the Marvel movies have that story crossover, it's not just the IPs coming out with movies all around the same time. It's that they literally have stories crossing over with one another, which means there is incentive to see all of the movies. Whereas if mm-hmm. I go see the Mario movie, I don't need to go then see the Metroid movie. And if I see the Metroid movie, I don't need to have seen the Mario movie to understand what's happening. So there is no... The only interconnectivity is the fact that they're made by Nintendo and Illumination. So I don't think there's the same. I, I see. 
I see what you're saying. Um, there and and now I know it wouldn't be a horror movie most likely if it was an Illumination movie, but I just want to say the actual movies that Metroid was based off of, neither of them made anything close to seven hundred and fifty million dollars. So, which I, is a I, shame. Which is a shame, but sci-fi in and of itself is not you know the same as like a Mario or a Barbie or something like that. Like it has to be Avatar. I think like if you made it, if the James Cameron put out like if you had James Cameron's Metroid, I I literally think that's the only way it would be able to make seven hundred fifty million dollars. I one hundred percent agree with you, dude. If it was James Cameron's Metroid, yeah. I think that's and it would be J- it would be the James which, Cameron name selling it, not the Metroid name. One hundred percent, by the way, that would be so awesome. Which would be sick, and I would mm-hmm. watch the hell out of that. But I literally think that's the only that is the one single way. I think a Metroid movie would ever cross <sighs> $750 million is James Cameron's Metroid. I'm sorry. I, I see what you guys are saying. I just, I don't know. I, I think you're under, like, I think people went to go see the Marvel movies for, for more than the interconnectivity. Yes, it was obviously a big deal, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not as low as you guys. I, I think it could have, with the proper buildup, of course. Also, those movies are led by star actors. Like, people are going to see them acting in the movies whereas you go to an illumination movie like okay it was funny that like chris pratt was mario blah blah but like people weren't going because chris pratt was voicing mario like the big reason why you, iron you know man what? blew up is was because robert downey jr was playing iron man i, I like, would give you iron man go- but i actually i completely disagree with you this is probably veering into a topic for another Maybe, day but like that- I, even anthony mackie said like anthony mackie is not a movie star like the Falcon no, but and Captain America are but movie he doesn't stars. play, but yes, but he, he was playing the Falcon. Right. Like it wasn't well, like he yes. was playing a, like, you like, know. You... I, I think I actually agree with Andy here uh, more on this. Because, like, back then, like, you know, Chris Pratt, like, certainly wasn't a nobody back then. But, like, Guardians was the movie that made him into the superstar he is today. Like, you know, before yeah. then, but you know, most people knew him from Parks and Rec. Knew which, is a, which is an Chris amazing Pratt, show. I love I it. But... I don't know. I, I, think, I, think, I think what you're saying uh, is valid, Dak. I think there's. Mm-hmm. A, I think it's a little bit of both. It's definitely people going to see the characters. Now I think it's more so people are going to see the characters. But in the mm-hmm. beginning, I definitely think like there was a big pull of Scarlett Johansson playing Black Widow. You know, like Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man. Like those were huge pulls. Um, you know, what's his place face playing for? Now it's uh, not he, a big deal. He was deal. a no name when when they cast him. Was he? Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. So was uh, Tom. What's his face that plays Loki too? Hiddleston. Yeah, and and Chris okay, Evans wasn't like was. the the biggest star in the world. I mean, I, whatever. We're getting off topic, but uh, I think all <laughs> all valid points here. Like, but uh, I don't know. I guess I just I just I guess I just believe. I want to believe. As I guess Doom maybe said. he wasn't that big. I don't know. Um, okay, yeah, maybe maybe in a world where we get James Cameron's Metroid. <laughs> maybe, hmm. and and you know, if you we got James Cameron's Metroid, by the way, guarantee you Sigourney Weaver would be showing up in that, which would just be the. The coup de gras of the whole oh, I'd thing. Po- I, we would all pop off. She yeah. would voice Mother <laughs> Brain or something. Sigourney Weaver absolutely <laughs> has to be involved in a Metroid movie if they make one one day. Like yeah. if, if if she's not, my my head will explode. Um. Anyway, okay, let's move on. Well, um, okay. Dak, what do you got for us? All right, I got one. Um. Metroid Prime Federation Force and Metroid Prime Pinball will never be ported off of their original <laughs> systems. <laughs> So, so I was originally going to include Hunters, but I forgot it was on the Wii U Virtual Console. So that, so it has been ported. So, like NSO counts as porting off. Like it doesn't have yes. to be like a physical. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it, any any appearing on a new officially legally system? Doom, you, Federation you go Force ahead. and Pinball will not. 
it break it breaks my heart, but that's that's a seventy percent for me. <laughs> you know what? If it was, pinball de- okay. pinball <laughs> deserved better. If it was just pinball, it'd be an easy hundred percent, and I never give hundred percent. But uh, Feder, I think there's a chance for Federation Force, like a small chance. So it was. I, they will. They will never be. Is is the statement? Right? Never. Like you. Like you'll only be able okay. to play them on their original systems. I just because oh. I look at. I go to. The, I go to the Metroid website. Right. I go to Metroid.Nintendo.com, whatever it is, and it's like this is how you can you know play all the Metroid games on on Switch. You can tell like they're they're bringing the the important games that <laughs> that yeah. matter. And like in the grand scheme of things, playing pinball in Federation Force is not like. <laughs> A game you need to play to get the whole Metroid story. <laughs> so, like, when I look at the games they're missing, I'm like, well, obviously, they they need like. I mean, even then, you have kind of they need other M. I think other M is probably the, the say, missing link. Other M, other M link right now. Of all actually. games has a substantially better chance of appearing. Other on M is going to pinball. I mean, Zero Mission is not technically needed because someone can play the original Metroid, but I assume right. Zero Mission is going to eventually show yeah. up on on Nintendo Switch Online. But aside from that, I mean, Samus Returns, I think, is going to get its... I think Samus Returns will get its remaster or its HD port or whatever it is. I think Samus Returns yeah. will show up. Yeah. Zero Mission will show up. Super Metroid's already there. Um, I think eventually we're going to get two and three of the trilogy for Prime. And, and then we need I, other I think M. we're going to get other M, too. Yeah. And then we have Fusion. We have we have Dread. So, like, we wouldn't need, technically, if someone were like, I need the full Metroid experience. Nintendo could be like, you don't really need to play Federation Force and Pinball. And, and Hunters... Honestly, the th- only part about Federation Force that's relevant is, is Silex taking the Metroid egg, which I could very just easily see them just having, like, the CGI cutscene at the beginning of... I was going to say, that's probably just going to happen in the beginning of Prime 4. Yeah. Like, that'll just be the first thing that we see, and that won't even be relevant, because literally... Who happened what, 70,000 people saw that cutscene, maybe? Like, maybe? It, was, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, just, just show it in Prime 4. Less than would go see the Metroid movie, the Illumination Metroid movie. That's for damn sure. Um, mm-hmm. True. I'm going... Oh, man. I'm going to go, like, 85%. And um, that's actually, like, lower than I was thinking of going. Because I do think that 3DS games are going to appear on... NSO or whatever the Switch 2 equivalent of NSO is. And I and like I can't say it's impossible that I think Federation Force would show up, but I think it's it is not likely. And actually I'm gonna I'm gonna bump it up to 92% because like Prime Pinball's never coming back. It's never coming back. <laughs> um yeah, fe- there's there's not very many reasons to bring back Federation Force. That yeah. Ouch. I don't think I don't think it would be a switch to NSO. I think it I think if I think if we're going to see it would be somewhere in the line of like Luigi's Mansion 2 HD, which I'm still not convinced that it's the start of a 3DS initiative, but I really hope it is because that would be really awesome. I don't know if it's an initiative, but I do think it won't be the only one. And I do think Samus Returns is on is probably on the docket there. Because the thing is, like you you can't just port them to the Switch because of that dual screen stuff. You would have to like readapt those to Switch controls as well, and that alone I think warrants a port rather than just you know an, an emulation app. Yeah, I think Federation Force is just like if they're gonna bring back a 3DS Metroid game, it's gonna be Samus Returns and not both. And yeah. then Pinball, it's like I love Metroid Prime Pinball, but if they aren't making new Pokemon Pinball games, they're not doing anything with Metroid Prime Pinball. They're just not. They're not gonna because they'll do something with Pokemon first. And I love both of them, but. I love me some Pokemon Pinball. P- Pinball and I missed would... its chance with the the mobile 
I know. I don't understand why they didn't do any pinball games for mobile. Like that would have been the one thing I would have downloaded. I want some gotcha Fire Emblem game. I let me play Pokemon Pinball and Metro Prime Pinball. That's what I wanted to play, but they never did it, and I never understood that. I think the best uh, Nintendo mobile game was Doctor Mario. Actually, that was a great game to play. If I forgot about that. If you're sitting on the jump, I or actually something like that. And I actually really enjoy. Um, I really enjoy Super Mario Run with the with the Toad rallies. Those are like so mm. much fun to compete in. Oh, but. Mario Kart. I actually I take that back. I did play Mario Kart Tour for for a hot minute when it when it first came out, and it was. It was, it was honest. It was honestly pretty. It was pretty neat playing Mario Kart, a real Mario Kart game on your phone. It was kind of cool. Do you remember? Um, uh, do you remember Metopia, like the first one that they had? That was that's what it's called, right? Metopia yeah. or what? It, that was a strange Metopia. game. I thought that was a. I thought that was an actual game for. The I, I don't Switch. think. I don't think it was I called Metopia. Was actually, it's, it, it was called. Uh, Something I remember else. Metopia because wasn't that like a 3DS thing too? It was yes. like a, so, yeah, Metopia was like the me RPG. Like, what, what's the like game I'm thinking in. of? Um, Mitomo. That's what it was. Mitomo. Yes. What a weird game Mitomo. that was. Very I strange. Don't oh, okay, Doom. What do you got next for us? Give us our next Samus's percentages. Mitomo. All right. Very well, well, uh, well Dak, Dak actually mentioned this uh, during the uh, last Samus percentages, so we'll just go uh, all in right now. Metroid Prime 2 and 3 HD, not remastered, Prime 2 and 3 HD, come to the Switch before Metroid Prime 4. Uh, (laughs) I I think the next Prime game we're getting is Prime 4, man. So I think that's going to be, I'm going to say like a 32, 32. I think we're getting prime. I think the next prime game we see is going to be Prime Four. I just Metro Prime Four is probably going to take place after Prime Three and before Prime and before Metro Two. It's going to be a prime game, but I don't think it's going to be like a game where you really need to know what happened in the first three. It's mm-hmm. going to be kind of like a soft reboot in that way for the Prime series. So I don't think there's as much of a urgency to get two and three onto the system beforehand. So I don't think it's going to happen. Whether it's a full remaster or just a partial HD upscale remaster, um, yeah, I mean it's it's because it wouldn't be a full remaster is what I'm assuming you mean by just the HD like or just mm-hmm. a, a port HD port. It's a oh, so, lift. so you're not talking remasters. You're just it's just like the Skyward yeah. Sword equipment. Metroid. Metroid Prime 2 and 3 HD. Okay. Well, he's, he's talking about a remaster, just not like a full-blown remaster. It's yeah, like an, yeah. an upscale, like a HD port. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, so, I thought you meant like remaster 2 and I was going to be like, dude, yeah. 1%. Yeah, n- yeah, no, 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 no. Definitely not re- full remasters, but just like an up HD port um, remaster type deal. I still, even with the low lift, I still say it's like a 30, 35. It could happen, but I think it's kind of on the low end because I think they're going to, I think they're all, all sales forward on, on Metroid Prime 4 at this point. I, I think I agree. I think I agree. I, I think if there was a time to announce it, it was probably in the last direct, and they didn't. And I'm I'm still pretty confident that like Metro Prime Four is going to be out in 2024. Like I, I think so. Um, yep. So like when when are you doing that? If if Metro Prime Four is out in 2024, that means that Metro Prime Two and Three basically have to be like some kind of bundle almost if that's going to happen. They certainly wouldn't be remastered um, I, for everything Dak said. And just, uh, just like a gut feeling. I, I, I kind of don't think so. Um, I feel like the time I feel like releasing Metroid Prime remastered almost kind of kiboshed that because like it, it to me, it's still made as much as I love remastered. I, I think I still would have, if I had my way, have released like 
all HD of, of the trilogy, but like one game, just like the Metroid Prime trilogy. Um, and be, they went the other direction. So I, I don't know if two and three are going to be coming. I think that they'll probably get on NSO at some point eventually, which I'm going to segue to. But uh, I'm going to go. What did you give it Dak? Like 30 percent? I said I said 30, uh, 32. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go like 35. I'm, I'm pretty much on the same page as you. Okay. 65%. Okay. I so so obviously Andy you think Switch 2 is coming out sometime in like May. Obviously I think it's going to be more Not of a even fall May release. necessarily. Even if, even if it comes out in fall, like I just I don't I don't see it. I I th- I think I think I think fall release and I'm and I'm not necessarily sure if Prime 4 is going to be a launch title. Could be. I'm not really leaning one way or the other on that yet. Could be a launch title. Could come out early 2025 for all I see. Oh, I could God. absolutely 2025. It's not, it's, it has to be a launch early, title. It has to it has, be early 2025. It's, it's it's a launch. It's I'm putting here's a Metroid here's a Samus percentage for you. 100% it's a launch title for the Switch 2 regardless when the Switch drop Switch 2 drops Metroid Prime 4 drops. I, 100%. I don't give out 100% but I'm going to go 98% on that. 100%. Has to be. That's, that's a Samus's percentage for you. All right. Anyway, sorry, we cut you off too. More reason. <laughs> All good. Um but yeah, I could. I I'm still. I don't even want to say want to believe. I straight up. I believe that Prime Two and Three is part of the runway leading to Prime Four. Obviously, it's not going to be as major. Prime Remastered was there to show that Retro still has what it takes. They can still make absolutely incredible games, and that it's only going to be a taste of what Prime Four looks like. Prime Two and Three are just going to be there just to like keep the Metroid momentum going, and it's going to go right into Prime Four. Just maybe a few months after that Prime Three release, by this by this time we already know that the Switch Two is out there. It just it just segues right into there. It just it feels. Here, here's the thing. On one hand, it makes sense, but like making sense and Nintendo don't exactly mix well together. But like it just it it feels right. I don't I don't know. I think I I actually disagree because I think it's it would be wise to not oversaturate people with too much Metroid Prime. Like, I, I think, I don't think you need to, like, build it up with, I don't actually think you don't need to put out two games before you put out the game you actually really want to put out. Because then by then, some people might be like, well, I already just bought three Metroid Prime games. Why do I need this one? This one looks great. And these I think it depends how you market them. Like, if you market them as, like, major releases on Prime 4, then, yeah, you're going to oversaturate them. But they're not. But they're, like, if you market them similarly to, like, you know, Pikmin 1 and 2, like, I don't think that took away or added to, um to uh, the Pikmin 4 sales. And then meanwhile, you also had Pikmin 3 Deluxe, which was kind of like, of those, that was like the bigger deal kind of Switch port. That you had, you know, a year or two, um, you know, before the release of Pikmin 4. So I could absolutely see something similar like that with Prime 2 or 3, where it's, you know, just a small tide you over release for like more of the hardcore fans, maybe a couple of new fans that are interested in checking out, but most of you guys can skip out on it. Prime 4 is the main course, and if you are new to the series, you don't have to play these games, but we recommend it if you want to. I mean, I mean, I can't comment on the state of the game for Pikmin, so I don't know how that went. I'm not a huge Pikmin fan. I don't know how that affected people's desire or not for Pikmin 4. But I will say that, like, at least from my perspective, like, if I was Nintendo, I wouldn't need to do that because they just released Metroid Prime Remastered in the past two years, right? Like, if you're a hardcore fan, that's what's holding you over. 
And if you're a hardcore fan, you're going to wait regardless, right? You don't need to be held over because you're going to buy the game, whether it comes out next year or three years from now. The casual fans are the ones that see the game and they're going to buy it or not at that moment. And I think if you hit them with Metro Prime 2, then Metro Prime 3 and Metro Prime 4, you're going to, you're not, you're, you're all of a sudden spreading people thin and you're giving them too many options. Sometimes it's best, especially in marketing, sometimes it's the best just give someone the one option and push them in that direction. And so, yeah, I mean, would it necessarily take away sales? Like, I'm not saying that, but I do. I don't necessarily think that they they would be looking at it, or it's necessary for them to look at it as we need Metroid Prime Two to help and Three to help build up the hype. I think Metroid Prime Remaster clearly showed there's a demand for Metroid Prime. Now, when Metroid Prime Four drops, it's going to be hype regardless. The hardcore fans are waiting for it anyway, so you don't need to hold them over. And the casual fans will know it's a big deal when they market that game. I think the two and three things are just too like small for them to really like. I think they're putting all their ba- all their eggs in the Prime Four basket at this point. Like Metro Prime One, they're probably working on it to get ready for Prime Four. Okay, great, and it came out. Like I don't think they needed to put it out to prove Retroid Retro still has it. I think Retro still has it, and they worked on the game, and then they released it as a result. And now they're working on Prime. 4. Retro wanted to prove that they still had it because the last game they did was. Donkey Kong Tropical yeah, Freeze, but like, which was almost I, 10 here, years here's, ago. Here's the thing. Here's we the can't thing. really know that. Like, I don't think they release games to prove themselves. They release games to make money. Yeah. And they, mm-hmm. they, they here, Here's the thing. Both of, you, both of you are right in, in your own way. Now, Doom, I, I agree with you, but I would change your wording just slightly. I think it felt right to have the trilogy out. Uh, and as I was just kind of alluding to, I, I think that you could have went one of two ways. You could have released the entire Metroid Prime trilogy as one game and just marketed that and released that for, for people to check out uh, to get, you know, to kind of get ready, get into that Prime mode. Um, or you could have released the Metroid Prime remaster to show off a little bit more of the technical prowess and, and maybe a, a, a glimmer of what you can expect rather than to kind of catch up on all the, the high highs of, of the series. And, and I think that because they went... The remastered wrote. I, I think it's it's just it it gets less likely to me as more time passes in between that coming out and where we are today that two and three are coming. I I could absolutely still see them coming out, but before Prime Four, I don't think so. I th- I think it would follow like the Pikmin one and two example where it's like here's you know Metro Prime Four is coming out, and by the way, after you're done with that, if you loved it. Here's these classic titles that are available on the eShop that you can pick up in like two months from yep. now or something like that. And that's kind yep. of where I I think like, but again, you're not wrong. Like I, I think you had that opportunity to release all three games, but they instead chose to just put their eggs just in like the remastered basket versus all three. Well, those Pikmin ports came out at least digitally a month before Pikmin 4. It wasn't the physical edition that came out until after Pikmin 4. So maybe that's kind of the route they go where it's like, hey, you know, once... The Prime 4 marketing thing is over and that's all done. Then we can release physical versions of 2 and 3. But before then, if you want to try it out, they're up on the eShop right now. 60 bucks total. Maybe. Yeah. Um, could be. Um, okay, so we... I guess it's my turn here. So uh, what do you say? Like one more each? Actually, I'm, I've got a special one that I want to sneak in after. I, I've got... I've got... I've. All right. If we're going to get one more each, then I have... Can we get two more each, but not spend too much time All right, on let's, one of let's them? Let's do two each and go quick, okay? Okay, okay, okay. I'm okay. doing just one more, so okay. you guys can do two if you want. Okay. Um, great, let's go. Samus will appear as a playable character in Mario Kart 9. 
Ooh, that's Ooh. a good one. I oh, doom. Go ahead. And I want to preface oh. this. I'm not. This question does not say that Samus appears like day one. Could be part of DLC. Whatever. Um, but yeah, Samus appears yeah. as a playable character and, in Mario Kart Nine. Yeah, and this is Samus herself. No me costumes, right? Correct. Yes. Like like Link or like Isabel or like the Inkling. Oh, you know. I'm actually going to go higher than I would have thought I would before you asked this question. I think I'm going to go I think I'm going to go with 70% on this actually and this is the really? reason specifically oh, yeah. why The reason why specifically is because I feel like Mario Kart 9 is going to be an early Switch 2 title, if not a Switch 2 launch title, yeah. and I feel like that would be like a perfect promotional opportunity for Metroid Prime 4. Okay. And I feel like I I yeah, I I I could see it happening. Yeah, seventy you know, percent Samus, along with a racetrack, uh, Metroid themed racetrack yes, from like Mario Kart. Like the Star Trek. I didn't think about the the cross promotion. That's a, that's a good point. I I'm gonna go high too. I was gonna go sixty percent, but you, maybe I'm gonna bump it up to sixty five after hearing your reasoning. I just think like where else does Mario Kart have to go other than kind of transitioning into Nintendo Kart? Like I just like. I, I can't stomach the thought. Like, even in Mario Bros. Wonder, it's like, oh, great, we can play as Daisy now. Like, who cares? Like, she's exactly the same as Peach. Care? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I, I guess maybe I'm in the minority. But, like, when I'm playing Mario Kart 9 and it's like, now I can play as gold cat baby Rosalina, I'm just like, <laughs> well, you know what? That's great, but I feel like I'd rather play as Samus or anyone else, you know? like The gold characters and the baby characters, that sucks. But, like... Funky Kong, Dixie Kong, uh, Lakitu. Give me like those under King Bob Bomb. Give me those like under. I love like yeah, when they but, like, but, throw like, in like these super like C-tier like Lakitu. Like, he's, he's like a he's like that's like you might as well put a Goomba. He's in the there, guy. He's the, he's the guy that tells you to go and you get to play as him. Like that's I, so I awesome. Think you're, I think you're both right. I think <laughs> personally, I think it's kind of funny when they come up with like Strawberry Jello Mario and like Cookies <laughs> and Cream Peach. Like I think like, they just come up with these nonsense characters. I think I think that's fun. I also think it's fun when they bring in characters I know. I also think it's fun when they bring in random enemies. I mean, I I personally am on the team of I always thought it was really cool when they put Piranha Plant in Smash Brothers. Like that was super cool. Mm-hmm. That was, was so dumb. ludicrous. It that, was great. Exactly. It's like it's like you can it's it proves that you can literally make anybody a character in Smash. And, and Mario Kart, you could literally make anyone a driver. So I I on one hand I like how goofy Mario Kart gets and ridiculous. On the other hand, yeah, I think it's likely uh that they bring in other Nintendo characters to to fill in some of the slots and with that with Doom, go ahead gonna say kind of somewhat on this tangent but like to me i feel like mario kart should like treat the additional nintendo characters as like the way the guest characters are treated in smash where you know it doesn't necessarily become nintendo kart but you know you start doubling down more on those guest yeah. characters i mean but at the end of the day they're still guest characters is already yeah. like it's a majority mm-hmm. mario yeah. kart characters but then you have a couple you have Link and, and the villagers and, and whatnot. I think that's how it should be. Like, still keep it a Majorio, Majorio, majority of <laughs> Mario characters, and then add in a Wowie few more. Than that one. I think it's. Ent- I can't give you a percentage, but I think it's entirely based on whether or not Samus still has a cameo in the new Super Mario RPG. If Samus is still in that bed, sleeping in the bed, I think Samus shows up in a Mario Kart game as a playable character. If she does not, she's swapped out for another one. It's not happening. 
I think it's a, her toy I think it's, is okay. Her toy is still in the game. We've seen. I know it in her the toy. I know her toy is, but the trailer. It's the other end suit, unfortunately, which sucks. But that's not but. Samus. That's not Samus. The actual Samus is in bed, just like Link is in Super Mario RPG. If that's actual Samus still in that bed, she still makes a cameo as oh, Samus. She's gonna be there. In, if she's there, yeah, she'll be there. Then I think she will be playable in Mario Kart Nine eventually. If she's not, I do not think she will be. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, Dak. Okay, I have two, but I'm going to... The last one is more of a... It doesn't need too much discussion, so this is my real one. Uh, Metroid Prime 4 will have an optional two-player local co-op mode for the campaign. So a the single player... Two-player two local mode. co-op. I mean, you don't have to... It doesn't have to be local... It, I'm, I'm, I was going to say, like, to find that, like, are we talking like someone can sit there with the second Joy-Con, like, you know what? I realized I gave you guys too many words, and that was my fault. Let me trim it down for you. Metro Prime Four will have an optional co-op mode for the single-player campaign, two-player co-op. The only only way I can see that is if, like, like a a player. You know how, like, Super Mario Galaxy, the second player could collect all the. I knew you were going to say that. I knew. I (laughs) thought about that. It could be either that or like a full controlling a character but yes that would count i mean i I could say that but i can't see like i i think that the spirit of the question i think implies that like like co-op is like you actually like two players are contributing equally to yeah Yeah. um so in the spirit of your question i'm gonna go low i'm I'm gonna go 20 i feel that but i was counting the the a one and a half player situation like Super Mario. Okay, Galaxy. I I think that the ch- the percentage is much higher if you're counting that. I I think for the purposes of my answer, I'm just I'm gonna just like right. in, in the spirit, like two players are contributing to to yes, the game, yes, yes. and I think that's low. Um, it, it probably like I don't know, like forty uh, percent if it's just like the the wiggle waggle collecting the star bits. Okay, Doom. So. I am not opposed to a co-op mode. I think that there's a lot of potential there. I personally don't think it's likely. I'm going to go 10% on any type of co-op features in Prime 4. Now, competitive multiplayer, different story. I think that percentage goes way up. Not not talking about, obviously, y'all know my opinion on that. mm -hmm. Not not talking about any kind of multiplayer in terms of, like, a traditional competitive PvP type thing. Yeah, any, um, any, any type of co-op features, even, you know, if it's, you know... You know, Samus's uh, droid or Adam like collecting star bits. Like that's going to be a ten percent for me. Really, I think it's very likely. Actually, um, in in both regards, either star bits or two player. It's just when I think of like Nintendo games, like I think those are the games that are going to give you an opportunity to like bring a friend or bring a family member along for the ride. And does it go against like kind of the core essence of Metroid in some ways, especially for a single player campaign? Yes. But it's still a game, and it would be an, it would be optional, you know. Like I think if you, if you don't build the game around that, that's one thing. If you just you know if the game is still purely supposed to be played single player, but then you have the option to have someone come and help you, it might make the game easier. Yes, but I think it would be for those scenarios where you have a friend or, or a brother or a sister or whatever or a family member or a friend who wants to get into the game or is not good at games or whatever, and you want to drag them along for the ride. That's how you would do that. And if anything, if if that's ever going to happen in a game, I feel like it would makes sense for it to happen in a Nintendo game. So well, I've, I, I well, think see, it would I, likely. I like the idea, and I think that, you know, especially, like, once we see the gameplay of Prime 4 and see how it plays, mm-hmm. I think you you could absolutely make a co-op mode work, and not just work 
just because it's co-op, but I actually like genuinely make it part of the game and make it fun. I mean, I was just talking about, you know, Mario Wonder earlier and, you know, I would have never thought like, you know, a community driven like co-op experience would work, but I feel like it elevates that game so much higher. And I think there's absolutely a way that you could do that with Metroid and still keep those, you know, more isolationist aspects intact. That being said, I don't necessarily think Nintendo is going to go in that direction. And even recent releases, you know, like Tears of the Kingdom, that is single player only. There is zero co-op what at all whatsoever. And so I don't necessarily I, I think, think of... that stuff like that is required. To for be the, fair, for that this. game is an open world game and, and doing co-op for open world where you can just run off wherever you want any direction yeah. is difficult. I mean, Halo Infinite notoriously didn't release with co-op because they couldn't make it work. Not that... 343 is really setting a bar very high, but still, like it's it's a big feat compared to other games, which maybe are more linear or smaller, where you can keep people closer. So co-op makes more sense. And Metroid, if it if it's not going to be open world, it might be big, but if it's not going to be true open world, then the co-op I think makes more sense than like Tears of the Kingdom, which is true open world. Well, let me ask you guys a question. You can educate me because I don't know the answer to this. But like, how many Switch games can you think of where there's co-op and both players aren't on like the same screen at the same time. Like they're they're doing they're in different rooms doing different things. I I can't think of any that like the only co op Nintendo games I can think of like the players all share the same screen and they can see what everybody's doing at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's it's a hard comparison because most Nintendo games aren't in first person either. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. like, Even like Federation is- Force for you know for all that game like you're. I guess you could you could make the case that like you you are actually apart, but I mean for the most part, I, I feel like you're, you're in the kinda, same room pretty much. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, it, I don't know that they're going to be. Too, I don't so. know that they're going to be anxious to revisit Federation Force. Speaking of, um, yeah, it so, certainly uh, wouldn't be easy. Tough. I mean, even if you think about like, let's say you tried to put like two like, like co-op into any of the existing Metroid games, yeah. it would be difficult you know so maybe, i, I maybe, wouldn't mind it either by the way i think maybe my percentage fun. is high i think i think maybe the galaxy style version is high and maybe the true two player is lower yeah but i don't know i, I could still i can still see it i think it's possible i just don't know you know, I don't think this scenario is likely at all because I feel like both versions would have parity. But I, but I wonder if like maybe the Switch Two version is powerful enough to handle the co-op, and it's just not included on the Switch version. I don't think they would do that. I think both versions I would have parity. So. But yeah. what would happen is the Switch Two player gets to play the actual game, and the Switch One player gets to shoot the star bits, and that's that's how they. Would do <laughs> he's he's playing. Do you, you remember playing Celeste, or like you could find that little like eight bit game that you can find and play? The eight bit version of Celeste. That's what the Switch person is playing. Um, and if you haven't played Celeste, I own Celeste, and I still I own Celeste, and it. I need to play it someday. <laughs> I think it's one of the best games I've ever played. Like a top twenty game, actually. It's really awesome. I've Anyways. heard nothing but good things about it. But yeah. all right, let's keep it moving, Doom. What's your next uh, Sam's percentages? All right, all right. Mercury Steam's next 2D Metroid will have a soundtrack that most fans agree is at least passable. I'm high on this. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I think that like you could ask people right now, do you find Metroid Dread soundtrack passable? And they'd say yes. So I'm, I'm high on this. They talking about. They don't know what they're talking about, unfortunately. <laughs> I'd like the keyword there is passable though. Like Metroid Dread soundtrack is very passable. So is Samus Returns. Is it great? No. What do we mean by passable? Because like on one hand, I, I think I think you should be bold let and me, change let that me, to great. Let me passable. let me rephrase. Yeah. yeah, what what is passable? most fans are yeah. Metroid fans are going to agree that 
Mercury Steam that the soundtrack for the next 2D Mercury Steam game is going to be really good. Not necessarily a top five, but really good and have, you know, a good amount of like, you know, hits to pull from that when that you people know, pick from it's like, oh yeah, that song right there, universally like beloved. This is so tough because like like of everything like even when we did definitive ranking last week, right? Like of of all of those categories, music is by far the most subjective and maybe story comes after that but like music is so subjective that it's like you know like you could have uh, you know you could have uh, uh, an album that sells 100 million copies by Garth Brooks he just put out this great new country album but like if you don't like country you think it sucks you know like it's so i it's it's so hard to quantify um it's different because, like, I feel like when you're going into a Metroid game, like, you generally know, you know, the kind of music musical styles that you can expect. Where it's like, you know, if you you would know, like, hey, I I prefer country, or I prefer metal, or I prefer pop. Like, you know, you kind of know what directions you're going to buy, what kind of artists you're going to be into in that regards. I, I like yes, but I I do I feel like there's so much room for. Subjectiveness. I got, I got, I got an answer. Since Andy okay. seems to be unable to come to one, uh, I'm gonna say like a 15 percent because so far Mercury Steam is 0 for two on soundtracks. So I don't, I have no faith that it's gonna be a great soundtrack for the next one. So okay, so so the, the question is <laughs> really right. good, right? The yeah, really, really good. Okay, like so, like most like the average opinion is that everyone agrees that it is okay. a good soundtrack. So I see your answer, Dak, and let me raise you this. I think it really depends on what the next game Mercury Steam makes is because there I think there's two options that they could they could do Metroid Fusion or Metroid 6. So if it's Metroid Fusion, I think that music's going to be really good cuz like I think it's going to be updated themes basically of of oh, music that's that was my held worry. Back. It's going to be it's going to be different. I don't know if it's going to be update it'll be updated but will it be better? is the question because Samus returns has updated music, but is it better than return of Samus's soundtrack? Well, I, it's just, that's I, my I point though. So. Is it's so different. It's, it's all this ambient nonsense in that game, um, which actually like, I shouldn't call it nonsense. It sounds fine. Uh, Fusion has playing. actual good tracks in that game. But you might not like that. The speakers were good, but the no, game no, no, has no, no, some no, no, good no. soundtrack. I, I'm talking about Samus returns, not, not Fusion. Oh, oh yeah. I think yeah. Fusion. Okay. yeah, no, no, like Samus, like I think Metroid Fusion does have good songs that definitely could be, like with a better sound chip processor, like they could sound really awesome. And so if that's your I next agree. game, then like, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to say like, damn, that sounds good. I, you know, I'm going to go high. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 60% because I think like, um, I think like they, I think the music was fine in dread and Sam's returns. And I think that they probably know that maybe the music wasn't as beloved as it was in other Metroid games. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think that they're gonna produce uh, a game. Whether it's I think if it's fusion, it's like way higher than sixty percent. If it's Metroid Six, I think that uh, I think that it's it's gonna be really good. I just I I, I don't know. I just I, I guess I just right. don't see them like not. I guess I just don't see them making two games that kind of had like so so soundtracks and and coming out with a third that's just kind of like yeah as well. So yeah. I want to believe. So, for, so, so first off, b- before before I answer the question, I I really like Samus Returns soundtrack. I just think it's utilized really poorly. I, I've already talked about it on multiple episodes of the podcast. I think the actual material, for the most part, is like a 
overall solid B material, but it's just like throughout the game, it's just utilized so poorly that what should be a good song is either barely used at all or used too much. And then, you know, some, and then, you know, some of those more ambient tracks just take way more precedent and just kind of overshadow, you know, some of those, you know, more intricate pieces. But that's, that's not the question. I'm not going to get into that. I am going to give this a 70%. And it's actually for a reason that you just gave, Andy. Because I feel like one of the most consistent uh, review critiques of Metroid Dread is that soundtrack. You know, whether it be fan reviewers or, like, you know, journalists reviewing the game. You know, what? what's the co- most common criticisms you can get? Wow, Metroid Dread is one of the best Metroid games ever. That soundtrack, though. Real stinker. And I feel like Mercury's theme is going to... I feel like Mercury's theme, if they're going to hear it, hear that they're at the very least going to take more note of that soundtrack and take mm-hmm. it. I want to necessarily take, not necessarily take, take it more seriously. I feel like they did try to take it seriously during this game, or at least the composer that Nintendo gave them during this game, but it's going to be, it's going to be more present in their minds. Like, okay, this is, this is the big area we really have to improve on this time. My one concern though, is that I worry that they might get the wrong idea from Dread's soundtrack and they might hear, because like a lot of people when they describe Metroid Dread, they say, oh, it wasn't memorable enough. And I worry that maybe they're going to overcorrect and maybe Metroid 6 is just like 60, 70% like, you know, classic tracks that we've heard before and then like 30% new tracks, which I really hope they don't do. I really hope they still emphasize new original material with just enough, you know, of the hits sprinkled in there or maybe some of those b-sides as well which you know we would love to hear as well that's my one concern of why i'm not going 100 percent, but i am confident at the very least i think it's going to be a visible or audible improvement i guess over dread soundtrack and i'm, I'm confident that it's going to be a good one okay fair enough okay i've got a, i've got one final one here and it's it's kind of not very serious but i i thought i would ask anyways and you guys yeah. are going to dump all over me for it but uh I don't know. Part of me just wants to believe, you know? So here we go. Um, let me uh, start as I close my my app that has the uh, the question in it. Okay. In the spirit of Metro Dread coming back to life after God knows how many years, Ravenblade finds new life and is a video game that comes out eventually sometime in some way, in some fashion. Hmm. I might I have like to, the optimism. I might have to break my own rule here, but man, that'd be so cool. I like the optimism, but that that's a zero, my friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I will I'll never say never. That's like one of those things where it's so ridiculous it, it probably will happen. Um I think <laughs> if if Retro Studios was like its own big independent studio. I would say, yeah, that's actually probably could happen. I'm going to put it at like a 10% because it's probably not really? going to happen. Okay. I think that I think there's a chance because like obviously there was some fanfare behind Metroid Dread. It, it was part of an established series. Ravenblade was a new IP. There is no fan base for it. And so right. I don't think people are really clamoring for it. And I don't think it it was ever in as development as like it wasn't like far along. Yeah, it wasn't far along, and, and obviously, whatever was developed back then is not going to be relevant today. But it could be one of those things where, like, Retro wraps up with Metroid again, and they're like, "What should we do?" And they go back, and they're like, "What if we brought back Ravenblade? Wouldn't that be sick?" It's like Bungie going back to Marathon thirty years later, like they're doing right now. Like, it's like I, I don't think it's the cra- it's not the craziest thing I've heard. I'm going to say ten percent. Okay, you know, I was I was going to say five percent for for basically everything that you guys just said. I just 
I think there'd be something just so incredibly poetic about that. Like, It'd be just, cool. It would be cool. And, like, you're, you're totally right. Like, whatever they did back then is totally irrelevant now. But maybe they just have, like, the premise for the story yeah. kicking around. And, like... The concept I, art. Like, yeah, that's building think, off of that, 100%. I just, yeah, I, I just... I wonder about that. Because I, I don't think, like, a lot of people know Ravenblade. Certainly not as much as uh, they knew Metroid Dread. Even, in, like, a casual Nintendo fan, I... Think I would, might yeah, have major, known I would say a super majority of people don't even, especially Nintendo fans, yeah. don't know. But I think that there's some people like it. Like it would be one of those things. It's like if you knew about Raven Blade, and I don't think it's like a it like a totally. I think it's like maybe like ten percent of of Nintendo fans know about Raven Blade, and I think for those ten percent, that'd be really cool. So yeah, it was almost, it was kind of like a, a tongue in cheek, almost like a joke because I, I think it's so unlikely. But I'm I'm gonna say five percent. This isn't a serious question, but I have to add that I have to add to some of that as well. Uh, Dak, you mentioned Marathon as well. I think a big difference there is Marathon is already an established IP. There, there was two. There's two Marathon games. What the hell right? is like, Marathon? Not just one, but two. Marathon is what Bungie worked on before Halo oh. and Destiny, like in the '90s. Um, you're right. Yeah, it, well, it's not. It's not the same. Marathon was an actual actual marathon games came out so it's not the same you're right yeah and then and then raven blade you know obviously that never came out but like on top of that like you know again like the the retro we have today is significantly different than the original retro that you know proposed raven blade i'm not i'm not sure if any of those current staffs would really have a passion to do that raven blade project assuming they even still have those original that original project backed up they they might not you even know. have that as far no, as I, I mean it could be know. something along the lines of the new employees being like oh look at this from back of the yeah. day that would be cool <laughs> if we brought it back like they hey, can cool idea like I can. Yeah. yeah i think i think if retro became independent kind of like uh bungie inevitably did the chance goes up still not very likely but goes up but as long as they're still part of mm-hmm. nintendo I think I think as of right now, Nintendo is trying to build Retro back up to be the Metroid Studio as well as um, another support studio because they were also like um, I remember Mario Kart Seven in particular. They were a huge support studio while they were also working on Tropical Freeze, and then after that, they just kind of fell apart and didn't do anything. And we're seeing Nintendo utilize a lot of you know their studios. You know, Monolith Soft is like one of their biggest support studios that has a hand in almost you know every game that's coming out today. And I think they want to do the same thing with Retro, but also like, hey, your main IP is going to be Metroid in this case. Metroid Prime Four: The Raven Blade. Hey, yo. And it's a Metroid game based on the original Raven Blade I, concept. You know, I, I don't want to get into this discussion because we're we're already running a bit long <laughs> here. But uh, but I I don't think that Nintendo just wants Retro to be the Metroid guys. I think that they want them to be like a, a big prestige developer, which is why they gave Donkey Kong, which is why they gave Mario Kart. Um, we can revisit this at a at another time. What's your last Samus's okay. percentages deck? This is a Metroid one, so we'll okay. leave us on a real Metroid one. Anthony Higgs will appear in the next Metroid game. Um, <laughs> what do you think? You know, so so it's funny that you asked that because I I, I had a, a percentage written down, but I deleted it because I, I feel ah. like I've I've asked it before actually, and it, my question was like, does Nintendo ever acknowledge any of the characters or events for Metroid Other M again? And I think I think I think if Ed, they're going to, it'll be Anthony Higgs appearing. I think it will too. I I could see it, and I think that he's pretty universally beloved figure from that game. Like, like one of the two things from that game, yeah, that anyone should like. Um, 
so the question is what like if he will come back no no the statement is anthony higgs will appear in the next metroid game oh and the next come uh, like are, next we talk, metroid are you talking like metroid 6 or like metroid prime 4 either one the next metroid game whatever one you think is the next metroid game <sighs> oh god that's low that's <laughs> it, like if mercury steam is developing metroid 6 and retro is developing metroid prime 4 <laughs> I don't even think Admiral Dane appears in Prime Four, let alone Anthony Higgs. So. Yeah, I, I've, and Metroid Six would be the game. I think that the only chance for for our boy to come back. Ah, uh, it's a low percentage, man. That's like a four okay. percent. Although that would be 4%. sweet if he came in. Like okay, Doom. What do you think? Uh, that's a flat O. <laughs> I, I think y'all are underselling this. I do think that I think that Admiral Dane and Anthony Higgs are going to appear at some point in the future again. But for the yes. next Metroid game, I think I think Anthony Higgs is going to be our Proteus Ridley. I think he's going to bridge the gap. You're between, crazy. Okay. <laughs> the games. I think he's going to bridge the gap between other M and the Prime games. I think it's going to happen. I don't think that's insane, actually. Like, I, I guess I could see that. Uh, however, I'm putting 100% on it. I'm putting, I'm, well, putting my, I'm putting five on it that Anthony Higgs appears in the next Metroid game, whether it's Prime 4 or Metroid 6 or anything else. This this is like when you make a bet like and you put $5 down that David Spade is going to win an Oscar this year and like, you get like $3 million if he does. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I will say, like, I, I think uh, we were talking about will there be like a... Actually, I don't know if we were talking about this or not, but like if, if there was like a Metroid spinoff... Yeah, we were in the next uh, couple of years... That I could see, like, man, if Anthony Higgs was in Federation Force, like that would have been cool. That would have been dope. that would have been a good game to bring him in. So something like that, yeah, I could see that. But I can't. Well, see, see I feel like the pr- game. the Prime games in particular, I don't think ever acknowledge other end. The two D games, I mean, we even saw in Metroid Dread, you know, the, you had the ending art, you know, that referenced other M, and then you also had, uh, I think, Adam in like that one uh, screenshot that kind of had that montage of like the two yeah. D Metroids. So, like, I could see maybe a reference to him in, like, a 2D Metro. But even then, those were, like, ending screenshots. And that came out on, like, yeah. the 35th anniversary. So there was also something That's there why was also think, something special about that game. That's why I think it's going to happen. Because I think it's going to be, like, a le- like a, a left, like, a, a curve, you know? Like, it's going to be a curveball. But the field. next game? The next game. <laughs> That's why I... Okay, I mean, look. I do think... <laughs> I, th- I Just because I think it would be more fun that way. But just... I if I was retro because I they didn't want to acknowledge the prime games and other M. I, if I was retro, I'd be like, well, we're gonna acknowledge you in our games. Like you're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna connect it with whether or not you like it or not. So I, I think hey, if y'all don't believe me, hey, take my five dollar bet. I'll take your money. <laughs> hey, that's a it would it, it would, it would be odds. objectively funny. I will say that whenever whenever you see odds like that, you gotta you gotta make a bet. When Prime Four's trailer drops and we hear "Remember Me." Again, oh my! I'm gonna pop off harder than when Metro Dread got announced. <laughs> that that would be the greatest moment in the history of the show, actually. Like bar bar none. If like if the that end happened. of the trailer, like face and the, the, and the black, helmet and just you like hear it. he's back again. Yeah, the screen is just black. Like remember me. That would remember, be that would be awesome. Remember me, 2024. Basically, Metroid like, Prime yeah. Metroid Prime Four colon Remember. That's it. That'd be good. That'd be that'd be bigger than uh, on your left. 
in the Avengers Endgame. It really would. <laughs> uh, okay, great, great uh, Samus's percentages episode, uh, guys. This was a lot of fun. We covered a lot of different topics. Uh, so I hope that you guys listening got to uh, sink your teeth into some of these uh, some of these questions. And we'd love to know what your Samus's percentages are. Of course, let us know over on Discord. Let us know over on Twitter, Blue Sky. We are at Omega Metropod, and you can let us know uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, I'm at Spatera316. Dak is at Dak City underscore, and Doom's at Doominal Cross. Um, check out OmegaMetro.com. You can uh, you can find a lot of good stuff there. A lot. You could check out some of the previous Samus's percentages episodes that we've done, as well as a whole slew of other good stuff over there. Uh, so be sure to check that out. And of course wherever you get your podcast like subscribe rate recommend review uh if you got a metroid fan in your life let them know about the omega metroid podcast we are doing this every week new episodes every week and uh, i thought this was a great one so yeah um that's gonna do it for us everybody but uh, until next week we are out of here have a great week and we'll see you back here bye